and welcome to My Side of the Fence, a weekly quarantine podcast starring myself. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm not a star. I'm just a host. I just like to pretend that I'm a star. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm Caitlin, and I am joined by Trisha. Uh, Trisha, how you doing this week? Well, now I'm offended that you don't think you're a star, because you are in my eyes, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm good. I'm a little sleepy. Today uh, is kind of a recovery day for me, because I had an eight-hour-long multiple doctor's appointment yesterday at National Jewish, so um, I'm a little tired. Uh, but how about you, Caitlin? How's your week going? You know, not too bad. Um, I also am sleepy. I'm coming off, like, a full week and a half of just, like, working way too much. <laughs> and um, also, I spent the weekend reorganizing my living room and doing a lot of food prep and basically keeping myself way too goddamn busy. And now I am a sleepy panda. But uh, food prep, I know we've been working on the, the nutritions and the numage and hashtag noomnerds. And I made some sweet potato egg cups that are really good for, um, yeah, like prep ahead breakfasts. And I did the, all the calories and macros and stuff, and they come out to about 150 calories per egg cup that came out of my muffin tin. Um, and they've got like the sweet potato base and some onions and mushrooms and, uh, egg. I think there's red bell pepper in there. Oh, there's egg yeah. and a little, little sprinkle of cheese on the top. Spring, it's pretty sprinkle pretty legit nice um so that i mean yeah like stuff like that just been trying to stay ahead of my food prep game because i know that's an area where i get really hung up and i figured you know what about <laughs> five months into this quarantine i'm gonna figure out how to food prep effectively yeah that sounds awesome you have to send me that recipe yeah yeah it actually came off tasty oh, nice. which like it, i know like i i it wasn't secretly a cake, so I was surprised <laughs> that it was actually a healthy recipe. Oh, thank God. Um, I know. And, like, you know, you can kind of remix with, like, whatever toppings or, that you like on your, your little egg cups. And, you know, obviously that'll change the calorie count and change the macros. But um, it's a nice good grab-and-go, which just for, for me in the morning, I am not a morning person. And I'm usually not hungry first thing in the morning. So I get, like, all the way to work. And I'm like an hour into a meeting and I'm like, fuck, I'm hungry. <laughs> I know. And so I'm trying to trying to break the self-sabotage that would normally result in me grabbing like Doritos from our staff lounge. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to uh, re-friend, re-befriend breakfast. Because I'm the same way. Mm. I don't, I'm not hungry first thing in the morning. I don't usually eat anything and if i do it's like something quick and you know now i'm trying to like get myself on a schedule too because my quarantine self has been uh going to bed real late and then like i'll wake up relatively early, early ish and then i'll take a nap in the middle of the day and like that's just not a good cycle to be on how am i gonna eat right if i'm not gonna be on the right cycle to be able to eat right you know I'm not going to lie, though, if I weren't at work, like, every day, I think I would probably be on a similar sleeping schedule. I think that's just what my body naturally falls into, right. much to much to producer Ryan's dismay, um, because he is very much a, a daytime human, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I am a nighttime human. Um, I think I just like that it's quieter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the the part that's challenging, is that, you know... 
whether we want to get going in the morning or not, we have to. And finding ways to be more efficient with that, but also making it a pleasant experience is is key. Because otherwise, I won't do it. Right, exactly. And so I had my first <laughs> little accident with uh, with processed food today. I was telling Purdue Ryan about this uh, before we got actually recording, but um, we mm. when we went to Costco today, um, we were done with our errands. It was hot. We were tired. You know, we had a long night the night before, and my husband was just like, "Well, let's just get lunch here." And I'm like, "Okay, that's fine." And like, ha- like I had a third of, I had two thirds of a Costco hot dog before I realized what I was doing. <laughs> and like, I don't feel guilty at all about it, which is great, which I'm learning about. But you just kind of like did like the, what is that? The store meeting where you're like, yeah. it's in front of me. Yeah. I'm going to eat it. I'm hungry. Let's do right. this. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, it didn't even phase me until like I was almost done with it. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? But then I was like, it's okay. It's not a big deal. And like, I didn't even, I didn't really drink any that much of my soda. I drank like the tiniest, like an inch of my soda cup. And like, I mean, mm-hmm. I feel kind of bad buying a soda and not drinking it, but like, I couldn't, I physically just couldn't have that much sugar. I don't know why. Like, I couldn't make myself drink anymore. Um, and then, um, like, now I've kind of just got this headache and I'm kind of achy. And I think, like, it's because I don't really eat those processed foods anymore. And I mean, yeah. I feel like I've had that personal growth of like, huh, I ate a hot dog and I don't feel bad about it. Like, I ate the hot dog with the bun and I don't feel like I, I feel like I don't feel, you know, all or nothing. Like, I ruined my whole progress. Right. Which is nice, which is different. That is nice. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you mentioned that because tonight we made whole wheat pasta with a variety of sautéed veggies, like, baked into the sauce and all that and super, like, lots of green foods. I think it was almost all green foods except for the little bit of Parmesan cheese I put on top and it was interesting because it was like that challenge to myself. Like I did keto for so long and it's like, Oh no, like, I mean, I, I can have pasta. Like that's okay. Like no one's telling me I can't, yeah. no one's telling me it's garbage for me. I mean, afterwards I was like, Oh, my tummy is a little like, Meh. what you doing? Yeah. And so it's that reminder to myself too, that like, just cause it's a green food doesn't mean that I need to have it be a part of my everyday life. But like, if it's around and it's, you know, something that fits into what I'm doing for the day and it's fine. Like it's not a big deal. Right. So it's kind of like just retraining my brain to like kind of just go with the flow. Yeah, exactly. It's getting rid of those food labels that they talk about in the app, which uh, like the labeling, like what's good and what's bad and what's like, you know, unhealthy and you should not touch it at all. Like that, that part of the retraining has been interesting to be, going through Mm. it's it's a good challenge i think for both our households both our sides of the fence to be able to like especially because what you've talked about on the last couple episodes of uh making sure to not have any quote-unquote bad foods especially around your little one like because you don't want that to be an effect on him later on so i think it's i think it's really good for us to start this process and it's been needed yeah, and I mean, it opens us, because there aren't things that are off-limits, it's been nice because producer Ryan, his big thing this week, has been trying to master a bread recipe that he learned off of Binging with Babish, <laughs> and that has been his goal this entire week, is to get this bread recipe right. He's made it, like, three times now. It's pretty damn and good, with though. In- increasing success each time, yeah. right? And so, like, the thing of it is, is that, like, if I were doing keto, I would be like, 
glaring at him and being like, why did you bring this why into my home? Why would you do this How to me? How dare you bring this you baby to, into my home? <laughs> you have to go take this somewhere else. Take it to work. Take it to a friend's house. And, like, he's working from home right now. So, like, I mean, you know, he's not taking It is like, at work. <laughs> he's not taking... Yeah, he's like, I am at work. Uh-huh. He's not, like, taking the naughty foods that we might make, so to speak, like, to work where his friends can eat them. Yeah. Or, like, I need to, you know, if I make a banana bread, I'm, like, taking half to work because I don't want a huge thing of banana bread in the house. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been like that reconciliation of like, it's fine to have it around. Exactly. You can have some. Yeah. And that's how I feel. And it's like, yeah. Like Brandon likes to snack on peanut M&Ms. I'll have Mm -hmm. a couple. And I'm like, I, I, I'm doing that thing that they taught me a few days ago about like savoring everything too, using your senses before you actually like taste the food, like smelling Mm -hmm. it, looking at it, all that. And then when you taste it, like actually enjoying it and like, it is giving me a newfound appreciation for food that like a new relationship with it too and at mm-hmm. my doctor's appointment yesterday i actually talked to both my therapist and the dietitian up in my area of where i need help um, and they were like really excited to hear that i was using noom and they actually want me to like report back because they haven't used it yet they're like they're really because i'm uh you know gotta celebrate our victories where we can you know and in, in this garbage fire of a life but i'm i'm down 10 pounds since july 13 and nice. my bmi dropped two points we're not gonna talk about nice. the fact that it went up six points during quarantine but it went down two <laughs> points um but yeah it's been nice yeah I, we got our little joys out of the pandemic i know you you guys recently had a big joy delivered to your house in a new dining set what do you guys think? I was gonna say it's it's not like another child. I would have known about that. I, sh- um, your birth- Ryan's birthday's coming up. I don't want to ruin the surprise. Um. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, <laughs> in this economy, in a pandemic, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, yeah, we got we got a new dining set that was part of my uh my little redo of the of uh, the living areas, and um, you know. I, it's interesting, like, I know we're in the quarantine times and things are tight for everyone, but I think, you know, we are reaching that certain point in our lives where slowly the things that, like, our household has acquired since college and beyond, you know, whether they were things that were bought on the cheap or they were things that were hand-me-downs, whatever, are slowly kind of getting transitioned out for things that we're, like, choosing for ourselves that feel like our style we actually are keeping the old table we're putting it on our uh in the office downstairs but like it's just nice and kind of validating to be like i don't need like all my joy to come from material things but like sometimes when you get something that you've chosen yourself and you've worked hard for and you've saved for it's kind of nice yeah that's how i feel about the china cabinet i got a few weeks back like i looked for a long time for something like that found something in the perfect size that is finished that lights up and, and it has alpacas on it. Has it has alpacas on it. And it was not as expensive as something that, as it should have been, honestly. It was not as expensive as it should have been. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's there's something to be said for the joy of a good bargain hunt. Oh, yeah. And just the joy of, like, updating your living space. Like, there's so mm-hmm. much that can be said about, I mean, there's, there's psychology to it of, like, making sure that your nest is organized and you know, laid out the way you want in a way that makes you happy and brings you joy. Like, Brandon just swift, wet, swift, wet swiffered all of the floors in the basement, and he was so excited about it. He was like, 
Look how clean it is. It's like those little things that like, as you get older, you learn to appreciate those parts of your life more. And I think that's, there's something to be said about that, especially in I was, times. I was talking to uh, a coworker the other day and I mentioned, I was like, I've got this dining set getting delivered today. So I got to, you know, make sure I'm checking my phone. And she goes, oh my gosh, I want to see pictures. Like, it's, you know, it's like a new pet. And she's <laughs> like, I just got a new rug. Do you want to see it? And I was like, yes. yeah, <laughs> you bet I want to see that rug. Right? Yeah. We're going to be getting a new fridge here soon. Oh, you bet. I'm so excited for that. I mean, you how excited I was with my dishwasher. I mean, mm. slaps fridge. Oh. You can put so much food in this oh. thing. Oh. With the si- with the price range we're looking at, like we're going to be able to fit so much food. I'm going to eat so much stuff, you guys. <laughs> also, speaking of purchases, the spooky times are upon us, you guys. No, we we did find some early early loadout spoops a few weeks ago, but it's really in full spoop swing now. Full spoopitings. Uh, yes, we went to Spirit Halloween this weekend, and we thought they were yeah, not was, open. <laughs> we were pretty sure they weren't open because there were only, like, two cars in the parking lot. And they just and we didn't like, look well, open. They had a pallet of boxes like, sitting in the store. And, like, we literally went up to the door, and, like, finally we saw an employee, and he was like, oh, yeah, it's, like, our first day open. And we were like, oh, and there was, like, nobody else in the store, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, so we were able to, like, clearly socially distanced because right. nobody else knew they were open right exactly that and uh caitlin got to see just how well i respond to spoops in real life that are not cute spoops they were not cute spoops well like you know how it's sometimes when you go in like a spirit halloween store they have you walk through the gauntlet of all of the shit that makes noise and, like, they do clearly mark it, yeah. like, so much Indiana Jones on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, like, actually step on the things to, like, make them go. But, like, they place them. So, like, right at the end, it's, like, really, like, you might, if you're not paying attention, you're going to walk over one of them. <laughs> and, yeah, Trisha was, Trisha was upset. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like it. I mean, I didn't realize until after we had gone through it that we could have gone around. But, but like, it was such a small little yeah. area. You guys. It's not clearly marked that small. you can go around. Like, Caitlin was. Caitlin got to see firsthand why that's so so that's going through a lit up store with like fluorescent lighting all all the lights are on and there's spoopy things this is why I don't do haunted houses because if you saw me in that just imagine me in the dark and with like strobe lights I would be like the poop your pants gun girl so (laughs) <laughs> just poop just, just pooping i was just be pooping all over they'll be like going through at the end of the night cleaning up like who left a trail of poop i know we've, we've got to figure out what your next spoopy venture will be um <laughs> build up my tolerance i was i was <laughs> i was thinking you know some of the choices could be like the conjuring or annihilation which has a lot of horror elements to it and it's got oscar isaac which i think you would like i was gonna say that's got our boy um, oscar isaac and it's got natalie portman who's always good to look at the the natty ports natty natty port and, ports. um <laughs> natty natty port ports <laughs> and i'm always a big fan of uh john carpenter's the thing yeah um yeah. i know that was on the list last time but i just fucking love that movie it's so good i think i saw the one it's from the so 80s good. like when i was that little, is the one from the i think 80s. i saw that one when i was little little because my dad was obsessed with it uh, my mm. dad exposed my siblings and i to movies he probably shouldn't have uh my sister i think saw, i think everyone's dad did that that's fair but my sister saw full metal jacket at four years old fair enough <laughs> i mean my brother saw chinatown at five there you go 
So you know, yeah. we're we're in this we're in the ballpark. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no. So we'll definitely we'll, 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 we can play around with the thing. I think I can handle the thing. I think I could do it. All right, uh, all right. We all can right. fuck with that. Yeah, all, right. all right, all right, all right. Uh, we. But we did. Well, we didn't watch a movie this week. It wasn't a spoop, though. Yeah, yeah. We watched The Big Sick. Um, which I've seen before. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it in theaters, and I'm really sad I didn't. Um, but also, if I had watched that with my husband, it probably would have made him upset, like sad. But it is a, it, it was an interesting choice for a pandemic movie to watch because, like, we were starting to feel things. <laughs> but I really enjoyed <laughs> well, it's, it. It's, yeah, it's interesting too, like following Kamal Nanjiani now and knowing that, like, he and his wife still like deal with all of these precautions, you know, to keep her from getting sick. And like, he's very, very like outspoken about people taking things seriously yeah. and like using PVE and like, yeah, just they're, they're good people. And I want to support their good movie, which was good. It was so good. It was, it was very good. I really enjoyed it. I also did in, indulge in some other forms of entertainment as far as movies go. Um, I start. I started. <laughs> Caitlin's rolling her eyes. I watched um, Twilight by myself two nights ago, and then my husband actually watched New Moon with me yesterday. Is that the second the one? The second one, yes, chronologically speaking. Um, <laughs> so he's like, he he got real high because I wanted him to be prepared because um, he's only seen the first one like a handful of times. He's never seen any of the other ones, but um, but yeah, he's like. I, you know, I don't know if it's just him being really high or what, but he's like, why do these movies get so much hate? And I'm like, well, there's a lot of reasons behind that, but. I mean, they're, the books are highly problematic. That's what I told them. I'm like, the books got a lot of problems. Um, I mean, the movies, the movies have problems. The books yeah. have 10 times the problems. The they have, have, yes, they are. They have a lot of problematic storylines. And I told, I told them that I was like, if you break it down to just like what the story really is and how the story is told. Because I did a live tweet about it on Twitter in case anybody is interested in that mess of the first one. I'm like, Edward's literally like, stay away from me, I'm going to kill you. And Bella's like, no. Like, he ran away in the second one because, like, she almost died, so he ran away. It's like... Well, I mean, there's also a lot of, like, creepy, yeah, you fundamentalist you Christian oh, yeah. politics that go along with Everything that happens in those books. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And the whole, like, I won't do anything to you till you were married. <sighs> yeah. No, there's there's, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of problems. There. For me, it's just nostalgia. And I know, like, I know we've talked about this, like, nostalgia versus, like, morals before. But that's why I don't... Mm, how do I say this? That's why I watch copies that don't give them money, if that makes sense. Very subtle. Very subtle. Um, <laughs> and the queen yeah. of subtlety. But yeah, yeah, so like that I feel less guilty. It's like how I feel less guilty watching my Harry Potter DVDs. You know, I don't think you can stream Harry Potter anywhere right now anyway. So it's like, well, like unfortunately you already bought them. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. Well mine were, you know, mine were JK, JK Rowling's yeah. not gonna fucking get another no. dime if you watch them in your house no. and like take the things that, you know, you exactly. valued for you as a child, I guess. Right. It's not like watching it on Netflix where she'd actually get money from it. Like is more what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like That's left, fair. I didn't actually I mean, but my D V D collection was a gift. Not that's neither here nor there, but like 
<laughs> That's not the point of it, but yeah, like she's not getting any more money out any more money out of me. So so that's that was my decision. Yeah, we've had a pretty good uh, week for like entertainment, it seems, because we also had the release of Wet Ass Pussy, Wet Ass P Word, as Ben Shapiro would say. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's never pleasured a woman in his life. It, he he announced on Twitter yeah. to, like, windmill dunking yeah. from the entirety of Twitter. Like, there are a few things in this world that unite Twitter, like, dunking on Ben Shapiro. Um, uh, and well, especially it's when cool it starts because as a self-dunk. Like, he self-dunks he, he self Well, and he self-dunks, like, pretty frequently. Um, But I, and I I don't, I don't enjoy him as a person. He's a little tiny rat of a human being and he's garbage and his opinions are garbage and his wife has never had an orgasm, apparently. And, um, I mean, Jesus, you know, I just feel sorry for her. Right. Anywho. Dr. Wife. um, Yeah, his doctor wife. Neither here nor there. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like sharing his videos or his his personage, but it is it is funny. Just this tiny little garbage human of a man. Yeah. Uh, there there are so few things that the internet unites over, and we just sometimes need to have our moment. Yeah. We just need to have it because if he's not singing songs from Les Mis, where he completely misses the point <laughs> about the the meaning of of the song and and nay the musical. <laughs> and then he he transitions to wet ass p word and it's just P-word. it's so funny. No, this wet ass pussy bitch. Wet ass pussy. Um, yeah, there's some whores in this house. There are some whores in this house. I they they yeah. got it right. Um, I it's true. Ha- like I literally on Friday, uh, had that song on repeat all day. Essentially, mm-hmm. you we as 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 a unit our families had dinner together and i made when i was making chili that night i like was cutting the onion and like crying sobbing it was so worth it though <laughs> it's no, such a jam so it was funny because i think it was last night producer ryan was like out of the blue we were like watching tv and he just looks at me and he goes what's wap because I guess he'd seen it on his Twitter feed all day, but he hadn't gotten around to, like, Googling it. And I was like, not a thing well, that would be a wet-ass pussy. Wet-ass What? <laughs> and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's like a song. Should we tag this so episode like, as not safe for work? Um. <laughs> I mean, some of the streaming services that we distribute to do that for us. Oh, thank us. God. Um, um, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> he was like, Did he was like, excuse me, and... Well, and then he found, he found the, the radio edit, the wet and gushy. Um, and I was like, no, 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 no. not wet and gushy. No. I was like, you need to find the actual song. And like, he pulled up the actual song and he proceeded to like laugh hysterically for like three minutes because he was just so tickled that this existed. Right. Um, and then he proceeded to ruin my life for me by telling me, that wet ass pussy was just the same song as Ya Ya Ding Dong from the Eurovision oh movie, and I was like, I was like, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> I was like, I tweeted to Cardi B. <laughs> I was like, I'm divorcing you, and then uh, he was like, No, obviously, wet ass pussy is a superior jam yeah, for the summer. Of course, yeah, last year, and then 
Then they made me listen to Ya Ya Ding Dong. Of course. Naturally. Last yeah. year, Megan the Stallion released Hot Girl Summer. And this year she's on Wet Ass Pussy. It's like, girl, can you, like, sh- she is unstoppable. And I love it. And I'm right? here for it. And she can step on me any day of the week. Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, man. I love everything about it. You- I also love the Viola Davis meme they came oh my God. somebody came up with. Yes. I don't know if you've seen that floating around oh, where they, like, replaced. <laughs> they replaced one of them with Viola Davis. And I was like, oh my god. They actually replaced Kylie Jenner with Viola Davis. Because apparently she was uh, in this video. But I sure. think Viola Davis is much more superior. I mean, Viola Davis is a superior human being in most ways. To most people. She's... Most people. I mean, like, <laughs> not to not to Ben Shapiro windmill dunk on <laughs> Kylie Jenner. Because she doesn't deserve it as much as... I mean, Ben Shapiro, but, yeah. you know, hot damn. She's no Viola Davis. Viola Davis. She, uh, she, who is, really? Not me, that's Just Viola sure. Davis. Just Viola Davis. That's all Viola I know. Davis. No one can out Viola oh, Davis, Viola Davis. So good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's what our, our brains have all been just mush this past week, yeah. and it's been like, furniture, eating good food, wet-ass pussy. Yeah! Vampires? Vampires? Well, I mean, Robert Pattinson, he's on brand. We love that motherfucker. We love that motherfucker. He's great. He looks like he's in so much pain filming the first movie. And honestly, really. I, I hear there is a common, I, and I've only seen like half of one of these movies, but like, I've heard legend that he recorded commentary for at least one of these movies where he spends the entire movie like- Ben Shapiro dunking just, on himself. Like, seething with self-loathing. <laughs> and I really, 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 really want to listen to it. Not because I want to watch the movie, but because I want to hear him just, like, express this for two hours. Wait, that's honestly, I think that'll be the only reason for you to watch those movies is that. Like, because it's so worth it. Like, the movies are ridiculous. Like, there's no getting around it. Like, But his commentary is perfect. It's so good. Just the amount of hate he has for it and himself and everything that has brought his life. <sighs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Yeah. Remember how good he was in The Lighthouse? He was great in that movie. He was also good um, in that one rom-com where uh, he... Or not rom-com, not at all. Nicholas Sparks movie which is like, oh the one where he died in 9 11 yeah he was good in it but he died i never watched that one but i heard that the punchline is that he dies in 9 11 yeah after his girlfriend tells him he's she's pregnant yeah holy shit yeah and you don't see it coming the person that i saw it with didn't work apparently him. the only one that saw it coming was the camera the only person that saw it coming was robert pattison apparently yeah it was a lot that was a decision that somebody made to have a story but he was good in it so Holy Just shit. like how Kristen Stewart is actually really good in American Ultra and The Runaways. She's good in everything. She's amazing. And like in The Runaways, oh, her and Dakota Fanning make out a lot. And oh, yes, thank she you. She was great in uh, she was great in the Charlie's Angels reboot. I didn't get to see that. Oh. It's I'm not gonna lie, it's not a great movie. But she was it, good in it. She's very good and it's very gay. She's... The whole movie is extremely gay. Okay. And I loved everything about that. Okay. But the movie itself is not good. I'll have to see my... <laughs> like, I, there's a reason it didn't do well, but I'll have to see about getting I also, on it uh, for her. Yeah, no, I I can 
I can hook you up. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I'm not saying I don't have it. No, I know. (laughs) I figured. I just didn't know that you had it yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, I... I'll, I'll, I'll heartily support, support my, my gaze. Do it for the girls and the gays. That's it. That's true. That's Trisha explaining it to you. I love, I love her. I love love the way that she looks at Charlie's throne too. Right? I mean, who doesn't look at Charlie's throne that way? Um. Yeah. (laughs) This has turned into Trisha and Caitlin are slightly gay hour and I regret nothing. Um, <laughs> that's fair. No ragrets. No ragrets. Not even a letter. Um, <laughs> did you see that Blockbuster's fair. Twitter was active today for the first time in six years? Yeah, that was super. Weird. That was amazing, and it's all because of an Airbnb. I've, you know, I've actually seen that Blockbuster from the road in Bend, Oregon. Wait, is the Blockbuster now an Airbnb? They had it for one night where you could have a sleepover in the Blockbuster. And watch whatever what? movie you wanted. Yeah, that was the reason that they came back. And they're like, how's everybody doing? Okay, well, we're leaving forever now again. Bye. It was amazing. <laughs> I definitely oh. want to do that, though. I know. Oh. You want to go to Bend, Oregon, where there's not really much of anything at all? Except for Kinda. a blockbuster? That you can spend the night <laughs> in? spend the night in? Yeah. There's also a Hollywood video uh, closer to the coast that's nope. still open. Nope. I'm just... That is... What is it inferior. with that is it is it's the inferior out of the two. However, what's up with Oregon and having the only storefront of what of each of those companies still? What time loop? Time loop. Oregon's stuck in a time loop. That I mean, it, for a long time there was one in Alaska. Yeah, there was. And I think Juno, um, yeah. because like I mean, Alaska also is is so physically separated yeah. from most of the rest of the world um, <laughs> that it made sense that they still had a blockbuster. Yeah. But yeah, um, the fact I you know as far as Oregon goes, time loop. That's all I can. It's think. a Groundhog Day situation. It's a Palm Springs situation. If you're gonna Samberg it, there you go. I still have to see that. I still have to see that one. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I liked it. Nice. It's got surprise J.K. Sims in it, which <gasps> is always delightful. Sims. I know. He's a delightful human being. Delightful human being. He's not very tall. I didn't realize he was kind of on the shorter side. Yeah. 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 He just has a big personality. That's true. And when he's J. J. Jameson... He, he just really wants pictures of Spider-Man. I know. When he's J. Jonah Jameson, he has a big mustache to match it. That's true. That's very big true. Big hair don't care. Big hair don't care. Did you see what Google did with the cha-cha slide? No. Okay. So this is a great visual component for a podcast. Go to Google right now. Oh, God damn it. All right. Because you have to. Because it's How adorable. I... I'm going. Going. I'm going into the... The Googs. The Googles. And you had to uh, search the cha-cha slide. Cha-cha slide. And then when the I song Googled title it. comes up, there's a little icon to the right of it. It's a karaoke bike. Click it. What? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so for those listening along but not able to see it, when you click on the icons that pop up next to the title, it like actually is like it slides to the right. It slides yeah, to the right. They make the web page slide to the left, and like then they like there's a little bunny rabbit crisscross. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Crisscross. Crisscross. They don't have everybody clap your hands though, which is the best part. Of, arguably, the best part of the song is when we. Yeah, yeah. They, no, I, I just I finished the loop. The the one thing I regret about my wedding. The one thing is that the DJ did not play that song. 
She played the Cupid Shuffle instead. It was heartbreaking. Which one's the Cupid Shuffle? It's the one where you go to the left, to the left, to the left, to the left, and then you go to the right, to the right, to the right, to the right. Now sweet, now sweet, now sweet, now walk around. Uh, so, like, not as good. It's not as good. It doesn't have a clap part. I mean, come on. You gotta clap. You gotta clap. How else are you gonna get white people to dance? I've worked so many weddings over the I know. years that I specifically requested them not to play the cha-cha slide at my wedding. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's a part of me, there's a part of me that... Some regrets? Would have had fun with it. Yeah, some regrets. Well, we were all um, <clears throat> out of our minds. We're just going to say it that way. Um, so we, we, we probably would have had a lot of fun with it. At your wedding, yeah. By the by, the end of the night, everyone had had a pretty good time. We had a and pretty we could good have time. Sang about it with uh, the Black Eyed Peas. It would have been great. Yeah, it would have been great. But I know that's okay. But next time, I have I have some yeah, like the freaking that one Nora Jones song that they played at every wedding for about ten years. There, don't like that. Yep. Don't like that. But I do love me some Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's fair. I will always be down for Earth, Wind, and Fire. Because you got married in a night in September. That's true. Remember. Yeah, I I thought that's why you played it. (laughs) Yeah. We definitely did play it. Yeah, I thought that's Um, why. Because it was the night in September. Yeah, I mean, I just love Earth, Wind, and and Fire. Who doesn't, honestly? Like, if you don't love it. You know, I. Again, going back to my my catering days, nothing was better than when there was like actually a live band because it provided a little bit of like breakup from the monotony of like having to touch people's gross plates. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And making sure someone's nana doesn't get too hammered, you know? Right. Oh my god. Because you can be like, oh, I can do a little dance, yeah. dance times. Yeah, like I'm gonna dance it out. I'm gonna dance it out. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like, come on, grandma. That's what I love about weddings is the dancing. I, I don't I don't do it well, but I do it hard. So <laughs> hard, hard. Uh, every time we go to a wedding, I'm out on the dance floor like the whole night. Brian is just having a great time talking to people. And I'm like, yes, sure, we're doing our thing. He did miss yeah. us playing. Uh, I'll make a man out of you, though, at our wedding. There's an ongoing oh tradition of the nerd kingdom, the nerddom there for a while, where people would play. Uh, that at their weddings. It started in like 2017. I put like a few of my local friends, they all played it at their weddings. So we played it at our wedding and it keeps going. So, huh. yeah. I don't, I don't know why or who started it, but it's a good trend to have. Just a room full of people looking at a bride singing, I'll make a man out of you. I mean, it is a banger. It's a freaking banger. I'd play Disney songs any day. So as far as local news, we haven't seen too much Really? Well, the, the, there is some good yes. news in that, you know, I think we are seeing the positive effects of the the mask ordinances mm-hmm. and good. the tightening up of regulations because Colorado is trending back down again Woo! Good job, uh, in terms of overall cases. We've we've uh, we've continued to trend low for deaths uh, in the past few weeks, which is great. But, you know, the overall cases was starting to spike back up there and it's trending back down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not every day in a row is going to be a day with less than a day, the day before, but overall we are trending down, um, which is, you know, it's nice because this ain't going to be over anytime soon. Right. Yeah. Um, well, didn't they, didn't somebody post recently about how the polio vaccine was the fastest ever made one? And it still took like four years to get made. 
It did. Yeah, um, so. And I mean, you know, the technology is really different now That's from true. when polio was cured. That's true. Uh, or, you know, the vaccine for polio was made. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, that, that they've been pretty consistent that the timetable is going to be anywhere between a year and 18 months and i think that's realistic given that they're fast tracking it through some of the regulatory stuff you know what's interesting is the the multiple trials that are going on my alma mater george washington university in dc actually got chosen to be one of the sites uh for some uh vaccine testing and development so i'm super excited about that super excited to be a colonial hashtag raise high hashtag buff and blue hashtag i heard they're getting rid of the colonial as a mascot and let me just be very clear that president trachtenberg who was like two presidents of the university ago this one time he got super drunk at an antique mart and had a giant bronze hippo statue delivered to his house when he (laughs) forgot he ordered it and then his wife made him put it somewhere so he put it on the gw campus and for a long time gw had like random hippo merchandise that you could buy. Oh my god! <laughs> because this statue still exists. There's actually a picture on my Facebook of me riding this hippo. I've seen that one. Um, I love that picture yeah. of you. And so it was always the unofficial mascot. So as new presidents came into the university, they slowly phased out the hippo <gasps> merchandise. Well, if you're getting rid of the colonial as your primary mascot, GW, yeah. I think it's time to revisit the hippo. Yeah. And that's my two cents on that. The really weird, horny lady who talks about Robert Pattinson and Bennigan's a lot, <laughs> but also also graduated from your establishment yeah gw yeah the gw gave them lots of yeah. money i said it i gave them some money that will continue to be distributed over time <laughs> somebody no, that's not true gave them that's not a true. lot my, of money <laughs> that's not true my undergrad loans are finally paid Yay! off <laughs> it's just it's just grad school that'll continue to eat me alive that's so fair. you know if someone could get around to passing a hero's bill that also includes loan student loan forgiveness for frontline workers, that'd be great. Right. Well, that and please like, remember, please remember to include behavioral health. Right. If we get because we're so fucked. <laughs> we get that Benigans. We get that Benigans sponsorship, baby. That first paycheck, baby. baby that first paycheck will go. It'll be a giant. It'll be huge, uh, and it'll pay off all your yeah. student loans. I want one of like the comically large checks comically to large, hand yeah. over to the Fed loan people yeah. who are currently. I mean, they're going to start charging me again in September, I guess, because <laughs> everyone's on yeah, uh, deferment yeah. currently from their their uh, government based loans. Right. Well, I mean, it'll be interesting too if we do get that relief package. There was a, not there's the relief package that's currently pending to be voted on in the Senate that's been sitting there for like eight weeks. Because Mitch McConnell is a traitorous piece of garbage. And now uh, he's like, we've been the... trying to work with them. <laughs> As if right. we don't have, like, <laughs> fucking proof of that, you weren't. Yeah, I mean, literally, the, the it passed the House, like, eight weeks ago. Yeah. With, like, completely overwhelming support. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's the other bill that's floating around right now. The other piece of legislation from, um, I believe it's... Uh, Senators Markey, Sanders, and Harris uh, for the $2,000 a month, backdating all the way to March, and then continuing through the rest of the pandemic until three months after, like, they, you know, determine that it has, quote, passed. Uh, There's also a number of other benefits that are in that, but that's the big takeaway that would also keep the, um, I believe believe that legislation also keeps the unemployment insurance exactly where it is. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, 
if we can get like a couple of these things accomplished here yeah, soon, that'd be great. I that'd mean, be great. Yeah, the the sides are turning, and hopefully they start getting their heads out of their ass about it because I just want to like not have to go work somewhere physically and have the fear of you know dying. Um, that would be great if I could just not have that as a thing. Oh, that's the other. I believe it's with that package, but it may just be another one of the things that's floating around. Is is one of the proposals along with with that group was that it was adding like hazard pay for frontline workers nice. uh, for, for essentially. Well, and that's the thing is that like right now, honestly, like you know, there's something super garbage about like essential workers having to go to work in the middle of the pandemic and like most people are not receiving any kind of hazard pay or not receiving any kind of like essentially you know essential worker bonuses or anything like that i know some some companies did that at the very beginning most have phased it back out and even then most of the ones that did it it was like oh an extra like dollar an hour an extra two dollars an hour and it's like "Mm, i don't think that's good enough yeah and especially i mean i i speak you know facetiously and i i talk about being you know a garbage alumni of uh some very fine establishments but you know there's something to be said is that like none of us who work in the healthcare field actually signed up to work in a pandemic that was not like on anyone's bingo card which i understand everyone's bingo card is just wildly inaccurate (laughs) nobody's Um, getting bingo. if you're getting bingo this year you have (sighs) i don't know what you have um like psychic right. abilities, like you have a fifth sense. Right. Um, and I, I have to give I have to give credit for that joke I saw it on Lori Kilmartin's Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so I was paraphrasing her, but I thought it was it was very apt because, you know, frankly, like the the people who are like, oh, you chose to work in healthcare, you chose to work in behavioral health, you yeah. chose to do this, you chose to do that. Well, yeah, I chose to do this within like the reasonable like confines of what the job job would normally require. Yeah. And uh, this is well beyond anything anyone's ever asked of really any of us at this point on such a massive scale and such an unrelenting pressure that is going to continue indefinitely yeah and uh in a lot of cases you know uh some folks have had their their resources actually cut uh you know for for what they can access during this time and yet still expected to give 110 percent. so with a smile you know the 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 crisis pay the hazard pay i think is is at the very least, non-negotiable. Yeah. And then things like, you know, student loan repayment for frontline workers and um, people who work in healthcare and healthcare, healthcare, like ancillary work, even, you know, people who work in medical records right now still have to come in and like, you know, handle charts that have been handled by like hundreds of hands and try and keep themselves safe to like do their jobs. And you know, those are the kind of people, too, that, like, are just kind of coming in every day and doing their jobs, so... Yeah, my mother-in-law, I mean, actually, she does yeah. uh, medical record coding in Oregon, and luckily, a lot of her job has been er, transcribing, not... Well, what is it, what's the difference between coding and transcribing? I don't know. Anyway. A lot. A lot. <laughs> she has to go through the notes that the doctors have and make sure they're actually typed right and make sure they make sense and they're fluid, um, but luckily... She can do that. At, oh, there's parts of that job she can actually do at home, then, like, which is very good because she has immunocompromised people in her house and she has like an infant in her house. So it's like, yeah, it it depends on a lot of medical healthcare has already transitioned to electronic yeah. health records. One area of healthcare that is not is behavioral health, Oof. and that is because for other areas of healthcare there were subsidies available to help uh, transition because. 
I mean, getting a good electronic health record system can be millions of dollars easily. Exactly. Like what they use at some of the hospital systems in Colorado that I'm, I'm well aware of, like programs like Epic, multi-million dollars to license, to maintain, to train staff on, um, and to be able to make sure that the database works at all times and is accommodating for everyone who needs to use it. So uh, Behir Health didn't receive uh, any of that. So in terms of subsidies to yeah. make that transition happen. So, um, you know, there's still a lot of paper charting uh, all throughout behavioral health throughout the country. Yeah, I mean, even just having physical charts puts people at risk. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's really, there's so much that goes into every day. People who work in healthcare taking uh, steps above and beyond their normal job descriptions. Yeah. And, uh, and just things that know. we don't, we wouldn't have thought about in the inside times as, or the outside times as much, you know? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't ever want to make it sound like, you know, we, we want to make, you know, people who work in certain kinds of jobs get bonuses. Like, I, I don't right. think that's what I'm trying to say at all, but, you know, no, but it makes the, sense because, like, there's the sheer amount of pressure that's gone on to, you know, not just people who work in healthcare, but people who work in adjacent fields that, like, are considered essential. Yeah. And they're being told, well, you can't stay home and protect yourself, yeah. but also we're not going to pay you any more to do that. Well, yeah, like what Kroger did, like, they, they gave their employees a minimal raise as a quote unquote thank you. And then they realized they overpaid, they supposedly overpaid these people and tried to ask for the money back. And it's like, mm -hmm. which I get they can technically do that, but also it's like, you're really going to try and do that in the middle of a pandemic where these people are literally risking their lives for your business. Mm -hmm. It's not just because people need food, but they're, they're out there for your business. And like, you're, mm -hmm. you, that, that's how you're going to treat them. That's how you're going to act. Like, cool. It's just sad that we have these kind of businesses that do that and like that and these people that aren't getting like, yeah, you'll have people be like, oh, you're a hero. Oh, we have heroes that work here. And, you know, like we have that. And it's just like it's performative. Right. Like it's just I'm well, obviously. Thankful. And I think I think sometimes in the moment people mean it. Yeah. But then they forget that their actions actually hurt people yep. who are in those positions, because, I mean, you got to think about, you know, all the parents who this spring realized that teaching their kids is actually kind of hard. Yeah. And um, said, oh, teachers are heroes. Mm -hmm. Mommy's going to have wine by 3 p.m., which, like, America's obsession with, like, moms getting drunk and hating their kids is, like, really upsetting and weird. Yeah. Um, like, I joke about the wine mom stuff, but, like, I, no, not actually doing any of that shit. No. Jesus. Like, um... But, you know, by now it's it's July and August and they're saying, oh, well, if the teachers don't go back into the schools, they're terrible people. They're and selfish. It's like, well, they're selfish. And why do they need to get paid more? And like, we're going to cut this, you know, school board's funding and yeah. we're going to do this. And we're going to do that. And, Can't you know, possibly find the money anywhere else. Looks at I mean, our kids have to go to school, budgets. right? It's like, ooh. I mean, sure, they need an education, but do they have to go to school? Yeah. And there's some I mean I've I've definitely talked with folks um who are in similar who are in situations where they have to figure out what to do with their kids and there is a lot of consternation over the fact that some of the curriculums that are being developed for the distance learning are like 7 hours a day at your computer and if you are um I've been talking to folks who have done like homeschooling before and they're like no homeschool curriculum 
goes for seven hours in a row, much yeah. less in front of one screen sitting perfectly wearing your full school uniform. Like that just doesn't happen. Like the normal homeschool curriculum is like three to four hours of actual work a day. Yeah. And then everything else is nurturing like the, the child's whole whole body and mind and life and trying to you know, teach them just life skills and productivity yeah. and understanding that like the model they're trying to create is like putting a round peg in a square hole like it just doesn't work but you learn that doesn't work when you're in school <laughs> no full circle. I, yeah i mean i yeah oh, sorry bad joke that's yes uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, no, and like, there's this one principal, I think he's from a Colorado school, I can't remember which, I feel kind of bad not knowing, but he literally said that the children are not allowed to wear pajamas when they're doing online schooling. Yeah, if I was doing, uh, I've done online yeah. classes, actually, for some of my other certifications, yeah. and you bet I didn't wear real pants for, like, any of that shit. Of course. Like, and I would not expect my kid to. No. Like, it would be PJ pants all day long. Yeah, and you know what? You guys you guys claim you cannot enforce masks in schools, but you want to try and enforce not wearing PJs at home. What are they going to have the kids do? Just, like, stand up in front of their camera oh, and, like... Oh, you! Yeah. Be like, oh, sweet. And, like, you know, what are they going to have girls, like, stand there and be like, oh, you know, do the finger test for your shorts. Yeah. You know? Oh, I can see your we bra can't, We can't... We can't enforce the masks, but I can enforce you with what you wear in your home. Like, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck this body policing bullshit. And there was talks of a school, I think in the South, which is not surprising, but there was talks of uh, a school in the South wanting to weigh the children to find out how much weight they gained during the pandemic and quarantine. Well, they were they were talking about making that a national yeah. standard. Which is... And, it's it's super damaging in mm-hmm. so many ways because mm-hmm. um, frankly if I, I i've been putting off my physical yeah <laughs> i've been putting off my annual physical until i can kind of like you know be working on my health a little more so that it's not as completely over the top ridiculous when i do go in and i'm a grown-ass adult so i mean like instilling that kind of anxiety in kids is garbage and i hate it yeah like children already have enough body issue image image issues that we don't need to be doing something purposeful to make it worse. Like, you're you're just, like, I don't understand this, like, mind escalation of people. Of, like, let's just be the worst people in the entire world, but, like, up ten. Like, I don't get it. Why is that something that's, like, happening in this world lately? <laughs> like, stop yeah. it. <laughs> um, it's not great. Not great. Yeah, not great at all. So... Elijah McLean's family is now suing the Aurora PD for. Uh, I did see murder, that, yeah. Um, which is good because it has they they're one of the one of the items in their 140 page lawsuit. It states mm-hmm. that um, this is just another example in Aurora the Aurora Police Department's long history of um, unnecessary escalation of force for people of color. Um, specifically the black community in Aurora. So I'm, I'm really happy that they finally were able to get that taken care of, um, that get that process well, moving. And, and one thing that's been uh, an interesting development as of this evening is that an independent firm, a third-party firm, has been hired to perform their own investigation um, with 
what happened with his death Mm -hmm. and they will be, you know, reviewing all the records, going through everything and Aurora PD is going to have to comply with that. And so it'll be nice to at least to get a, an impartial as you can get firm weighing in with, you know, what they've uncovered and what that they can speak to Mm -hmm. in terms of what actually happened with that situation. And so hopefully the family, you know, obviously is not going to get, you know, resolution. Their child is still dead, but hopefully so that they can continue to pursue justice. Exactly. And I mean, I hope it just sets a precedent for more of this action being able to be taken across the country. I mean, I don't want more of these situations happening as for damn sure, but I'm hoping that if everything goes successfully for the McLean side of uh, the system, that like this just makes it easier for people to get the justice in these situations because i mean george floyd george floyd's daughter's young she's under 10 years old and she has to live with the fact that her father was taken from her in a gory terrible way and on camera like for the world to see well and it's why conversations like you know what happened in greenwood village with the city council saying you know they weren't going to enforce the dissolution of qualified immunity and and why that matters is that like this family literally it had to become like a national incident technically i think it's gone international this news and like to even get the idea the faintest whiff that their family may get justice for their family member's death i mean it's just it's just baffling yeah and i mean it's just that that spark that like will help like the movement and it'll help moving us towards a better better hopefully country and world um you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple months but i I just hope that all things go well for them well and i know i know our goal you know has evolved through you know this podcast that started just solely as a quarantine podcast and then you know as we've seen kind of the evolution of the social issues that have escalated during the quarantine um you know how do we become better allies and one book that has risen to the top of my uh library queue finally is uh because i i had some that i i'd read a a couple of them before so that we've wrecked on this podcast but uh one that came through this week that i've been listening to on the audiobook is uh white fragility by robin d'angelo and it's actually it's really good i didn't realize um the book was actually written by a white woman um who has a background in um she started her career as 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 it leads to where she is now doing diversity trainings and what she would do is like challenge boardrooms of people you know say like at boardrooms and conference rooms full of people from different companies on like issues related to diversity and she would see them get really mad yeah and she would get she would see them get like physically angry about the idea that they might carry privilege or that their choices have you know continued to uphold a system that ultimately hurts you know black folk and, and other people of color so she wrote this book to be like here's how she's like it's really hard to talk to white people about white fragility and here are some like strategies to do that and talking about thing one thing you know i know we're, we're running short on time but one thing that you know she mentioned in the section i was listening to this afternoon is that there's a bee cage or a bird cage sorry there is a bird cage and if you put your yeah, I, I was thinking of the, you had mentioned earlier the Oprah gif about the bees. <laughs> and I, I thought bees. I, have, <laughs> I have bees on the brain. But she oh. said, you know, there's a bird, she said there's a bird cage. And 
there's a bird trapped inside. And if you are on the outside of the cage and you put your face really close to it, you might see like the one little bar that's right in front of your face. But if you move your head down, you can see straight through. And if you move your head up, you can see straight through. So if your perspective is so limited that that's all you see, you might not understand why the bird is trapped. You might assume that the bird is choosing to be trapped, that it's its natural state to be trapped, and not that you, the stronger individual on the outside of the cage, has the power to open the cage and make it easy for the bird to get out. Mm -hmm. Um, But the bird requires you to be the ally in order to make that happen. And so, you know, like she's talking about perspective and like stepping back and seeing that like there's this cage of interconnected issues that any one of these issues might not be a deal breaker. Like housing inequality on its own might not be a deal breaker. You know, job inequality and hiring practices might not be the one deal breaker, but all of these things together that hold folks back uh, when they are not white. I mean, that's just, you know, an overwhelming thing to have to try and overcome without the express consent of the white people who've built this system. And so she talks a lot about that. And I just thought it was really interesting. And I highly recommend it because I didn't realize, um, first of all, that it was from the perspective of a white woman who, I mean, as we know, just being people who are politically active in the world, that white women can be really problematic in terms of, you know, how they perceive issues because there are so many white women that perceive themselves to not be a part of the problem, but end up, you know, voting for Trump and doing other gross stuff. Yeah. Or even on local elections, like voting for Mike Kaufman, like. Right. And, and voting, yeah. Voting for like who your husband, I mean, there were some of the women that were questioned about voting for Mike Kaufman and they literally were like, I don't care about local politics. I just knew my husband was voting for him. Like I heard that direct quote uh, from somebody and I think it was on the new, it was on channel nine, I think. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, the idea that it's like some good strategies to like talk to your family and talk to folks that, you know, seem kind of stuck in those, but I'm a good person. I can't be this racist monster. And it's like, well, here are some ways that like the institutions around you have held others back. And can we please talk about it? Yeah. Um, and here's so how you if can you're looking rather than making it about yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, she goes, she talks at length about one of the trainings she did earlier in her career. And, and a man of uh, Italian American descent came up very angry and said, you know, Italian people didn't used to be considered white. And they had it so bad. And it's only been recently that, you know, white or that uh, Italian Americans are, are being held in, in the, you know, perspective of being like good people. And she's like, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that like different people have been considered white over the years. And like, why is white the default? Why is white considered best? Why are right. those, you know, considered to be synonymous? And so, you know, just really having those conversations in a productive way and like understanding that you're going to get resistance and you're going to get anger that yeah. people don't even really understand that they're getting angry. Right. Yeah. Well, with my so, father, you know. I, we've talked about this off mic, but with my father, um, he grew up poor, like real poor. And he grew up in a trailer park mm-hmm. and then he joined the Marine Corps and you know, the rest is history. But he doesn't understand that because he's white and grew up in a trailer park and grew up poor, that he, by default, by being white, is presented more opportunities than, say, right. if he were black or Hispanic. And Well, and that his, his progress in life has not been inhibited yeah. by the color of his skin. Exactly. He may have other challenges in his life. Most people do have challenges in their life. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that... 
you know, if a if a black person is better off than a white person, that you know, the black person is the one with the privilege. That's not what that means. Yeah, it purely means that the white person has not been facing challenges that have held them back economically, socially, politically, based on the color of their skin. Exactly. And I I know for for some of the folks that that listen to us chatter about like this isn't new news but i i think what i really value about it is that um again it gives good strategies for like talking to your family members who especially from the you know past couple generations like will feel offended at the idea that even though they may have been trying hard their whole lives to not be racist like some of their actions are yeah how to how to have insight to that and what to do about it and there's some i mean even people our age uh they have to look at the things that they have like learned either from family or just had them been called out on. Um, like, don't touch a black person's hair. Don't, don't even ask. Um, unless you're doing something like, hey, you know, you got, you actually got something in your hair. Can I get it out? Like, unless you're doing something that is beneficial oh. or helpful, don't be like, it looks so fluffy. Can I touch it? That's not okay. And if you say no, don't do it anyway. Like, I have been in that instance where I've seen that happen. Yeah, I mean, what I really appreciate about this book as well, just from like a professional standpoint, is that it talks a lot about how, you know, a lot of boardrooms, a lot of conference rooms and and professional workplaces are largely white and decisions are made at the top by white people, mostly. And how to be an ally, she she posits, is, is because just like with like the suffrage movement, so the suffrage movement, women could not grant themselves the right to vote. No. They had to get men on board in order to grant, at that time, white women the right to vote. And, you know, the idea being that the way to get more diversity in your boardrooms is to hire diversely and to be a proponent of, you know, making sure that your workplace is inclusive. If there aren't people applying for those jobs that are diverse and inclusive, Ask yourself, what about your company needs changing so that your work feel your workplace feels welcoming to folks of different backgrounds? And so, you know, because a lot of the like leadership books that are out there that a lot of you know corporate types will um, get very excited over, and it bums me out, mm-hmm. um, are based in the idea of like individual excellence yeah. and individuality and individualism. And really what this book does is just kind of recenter you to what responsibility do you have to the greater world beyond yourself? Mm-hmm. Which is important. And, and so, I think yeah. I think that's something that we all have to, you know, retrain ourselves on. And this, you know, being the inside times is a good, good time as any. If most of you are not, you know, leaving your house, you might as well do some educational stuff about that. I don't know. We went from, mm-hmm. from Twilight to... <laughs> Bennigan's to what ass pussy to being a good ally. So oh, I think we nailed it. We did. And when you were saying bee cage, it reminded me of the bees, the, the Nicki Minaj song "Bees in the Trap," which is also a uh, euphemism for the vagina. So. Oh well, don't tell don't tell Ben Shapiro. Well. He'll proceed to tell you that he's never pleasured a woman. He'll proceed to tell me that bees don't belong in the vagina. <laughs> yes the, the v word yeah or like nicholas cage says not the bees not the bees 
<laughs> that movie's a hot mess and we will not be watching that in your horror uh indoctrination you. we might watch the og there you go the og's the og wicker is very good they're awesome uh, we anyway. didn't talk nearly enough about Bennigan's for my taste, but you know it's fine. No, we'll get we'll get back to it. We'll we gotta we gotta you gotta leave some some for for later so that folks don't get their appetite fully satiated. Yeah, I was gonna say we and, can't fit it in our calorie budget for this week. Uh, <laughs> it's a red food, and you limit your portions, bud. Ooh, noob nerds love mm. subtle noob jokes. Oh. <laughs> oh, Super man. weird. All right. Anyway, thank you for joining us. We will see you with our ears and mouths our mouths? next week <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so you know keep your your quarantino going and uh wear a mask uh, be good people bye, bye. <laughs>